0: It's all very hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you give
1: me a bit of a levels test? Hello,
0: hello. Testing, testing. Kia ora and welcome to episode 16 of 76 Small Rooms, a podcast about architecture from Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm here with Jeremy, Matt and Tash and it's been a while. Sorry. <laughs> This episode takes us back to the recent international global walking tour when we accompanied architects who hosted and guided this year's Auckland Tall Building Tour. Each year the Council of Tall Buildings and Urban Habitats initiates a global
2: event promoting walking tours organised around a theme. This year's theme was the space within, giving participants the rare opportunity to explore the insides of these buildings and their cunning vertical arrangement. Tash and Jeremy joined Severin Soda, James Mooney and Lauren Speer, all from Architectus and covered the route from Auckland University down to the waterfront and concluding at the Sky Tower.
3: Our tour started at the newly completed Sciences Building, um, it's also called Building 303 and some of you would remember it um, if you went to the University of Auckland, um, situated on the corner of Wellesley and Simon Streets. Let's cut straight to architect Severin Soda, introducing the walk.
4: So this is the fourth um, global walking tour organised by the um, Council for Tall Buildings and Urban Habitats. And um, the idea is to explore spaces around tall buildings. And this year's theme is the space within tall buildings. So we've selected um, a walking tour in Auckland that um, takes us to a number of tall buildings and we'll be um, climbing the top floors and um, exploring public spaces within that offers a view uh, of the city from a different perspective. And
5: maybe a drink at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope so.
3: Yeah. And and the Council for Tall Buildings and, and Urban Habitats, can you tell us a little bit about that? It's a global organisation, right?
4: We're based in Chicago, as well Yeah. We? Um, mm. Established in the uh, 1960s and... Um, a subdivision um, concerns itself with the urban habitat and urban design and um, james Perrick who is a um, a planner for toronto city council he organizes these tours and they are they're doing research too, but it's a new publication that concerns itself with what happens around tall buildings when they um, engage with the public realm of the city and so all the participants of these walking tours, they are basically agents, and we're sending reports back of um, what we have experienced, and we're also, um, we're tweeting as we go um, for everyone worldwide to follow us on t- Twitter under the hashtag.
1: Severin, you and the team at Architect has designed this building. Can you tell us quickly, James, were you the leader? <laughs> I can Severin just pointed <laughs> at you. Um, tell us about the building we're in and the space we're going to go and see.
5: Yeah okay well this building was built to replace a 1960s podium structure on the site that uh, held some of the chemistry laboratories and um, offices and teaching spaces. Um, it was completed about a year ago and it um, accommodates chemistry, the school of environment, the school of psychology and the faculty of science itself as well as a bunch of um, sort of informal student learning spaces such as the one we're in on the, on the ground floor. Uh, and the space we're going to go to is at the top floor level 10 of the tower uh, looking to the north across to the harbour and as one of the breakout spaces on the upper level of the tower which is sort of located in um, I guess the more uh, you might say salubrious uh, zones of the floor plate to encourage you know those chance encounters and socialisation amongst the uh, different groups that are that are in the building. Great. Fantastic. Shall
3: so, we go? Yeah. Let's
5: yeah. go. So it, was, it was originally a competition in 2009 and, and, and I've I think one of the reasons we won is because we proposed rather than a single atrium over the height of the building, a series of stacked atria uh, or rooms with spaces arranged around them. And so if you look back here, you can see the uppermost atrium and it has the laboratories to either side, which is about, you know, encouraging visibility in terms of what people are doing and, um, you know, encouraging people to engage, and it's also from a safety aspect. If if anything happens, you can see what's going on, Um, but then below this atrium and offset is the middle or, or you know, the in-between atrium, if you like, and that then is offset from the lower atrium where we started, which is sort of given over to sort of undergraduate student activity and the public spaces or more public spaces at street level. Okay, well, the next, uh, next protocol is building 303, which was built at around the same time as the original building on the site of, of the Science Centre that we're in currently, um, so in the 1960s. And it was built for, I think, um, physics, mathematics, and statistics, who are still in the building. Ground floor. Uh, and recently, we undertook with the university a sort of significant refurbishment of that building, where we stripped it back to the original structural frame and then um, reclad and um, refurbished the interior. And it still accommodates physics, uh, maths, and statistics. Um, but as part of that work, we introduce a number of breakout spaces, much like the one we've just been in. Um, so social areas located in the centre of each floor, uh, and they are, um, I guess, uh, visible on the outside in the form of a um, large glazed balcony window that projects out um, from the façade and allows a view from those spaces along the street and out to the public space of Albert Park.
4: Great. So we're going to have a look at one of
5: those. As part of that competition, we proposed this bridge we're on currently now at at, at, uh, Simon Street level, also a bridge at level four, which you can just see up there. yeah, absolutely. And in addition to that, we proposed uh, replacing the – what was the existing loading area here at um, down the loading bay level off Wellesley Street, we proposed replacing that with this raised extension of the public uh, level through to 303 south. And 303 podium, so which is the space we're enter- entering now, um, and they got sort of divvied up because there was so much to do. They got divvied up and built as sort of separate right. projects, if you like, um, enabling projects to allow 302 to go ahead. So we'll just pass through this space, and then we'll grab a lift up to level four of uh, building 303 and have a look at some of those, one of those breakout spaces.
3: Great. And I see again the red being used here on the, yes. the mesh and so on. I mean, it's a real um, uh, location
5: uh, device, yeah. right? Yeah, well, yeah, we did use red to, um, yeah, to um, as the sort of defining colour for the circulation areas of bridges. And it also picked up on the, you know, the red of the McCallum chip, mm. but I guess gave it a slightly, um, well, a bit of a twist. It's a much brighter red than the original McCallum chip. Um, but, yeah, it is a colour that occurs throughout the project and that's used also to, to describe the structural components on, on the science building, um, yeah.
3: And, and there are wonderful views um, through the building to the older structure as well. Was that something you were really conscious about when you were putting the building together?
5: Yeah, well, it was it was important that the, those aspects of wayfinding and um, legibility you know were quite important obviously I mean a lot of the I guess some of the campus suffers from um, you know a a, a sort of a perhaps a lack of legibility in places which can make it difficult to navigate or or figure out how to get from one building to another so um, that ability to sort of figure out where you are at any given time and figure out how to get from one place to another was quite important And, and the colour obviously assists with that you know being able to see these sort of key Um, literally bridging elements or or, or, um, the vertical circulation elements is is, um, part of that.
3: Yes, Um, I I guess I was also referring to that ability for this new building which sort of replaces a building um, of the same era as uh, 302, that that you've got these views back to 302 which sort of help you to tie the two, uh, perhaps the memory Mm. of the old building together with um, the new building as well. I mean, we're looking right uh, right now up through a a glazed roof at the um, older 302 building. Yes. Right. Um, And all its uh, brutalist. Well, we thought it (laughs) was was
5: really important, obviously, to engage with those buildings, not simply to, um, you know, to metaphorically or otherwise turn our back on them it was yeah. really important to acknowledge them and work with them and, and to connect to them you know to um to make this work as, as a as a group of buildings or as a precinct um, all of the buildings at this end of this part of the campus are um are given or are devoted to science um, so it was really important that they all linked um and that you were able to easily you know get around this group of buildings whereas Previously it it wasn't so easy and um, you had to sort of go outside to get from one to another or take a bit of a circuitous route to get between buildings. And so uh, part of this project was about forming these connections so that you can get, for example, from Level 4 of 301, the old building, across to Level 4 of 303 without having to come down the lift, Mm -hmm. across the podium, and then up the other set of lifts. So this is the line of the structural frame. Um, And so we worked through with the Structural Engineers, a solution which enabled us to clip this big structural frame to the outside of the building to give us another sort of three metres or so of floor space here which we then turned into these breakout spaces and that enables, as you can see, you've got this fantastic view down Princess Street and the connection to the park and the ability for people in the park to sort of get a sense of what goes on inside the university buildings.
3: Yeah, it's a fantastic addition. I mm. mean, it's a big bay window, basically, isn't mm. yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. It's four
5: stories. Yeah,
3: yeah. and uh, of course, it, I like the way that it takes advantage of that slight kink in Princess mm. Street. So from this window here, you're looking mm. straight down.
5: Which was a, a sort of a, a happy coincidence, really. But um, nice when those But
3: things it's not. Ni- yeah, yeah,
5: it's nice. You know, so from Princess Street, you know, you, again, you get that connection to um, to the building. Whereas before, you know, the window sills in this building were, I think, around 1,100 high. So as soon as you sat down at your desk you couldn't see anyone outside and they couldn't see you but, um, but as you can see it's been um the students have really taken to... <laughs>
4: <laughs> the, the city the skyline appears completely different from up here because we are basically at waist height of all the tall buildings we yes. don't see their podiums we don't mm. see what's going on down in the it's
3: street level. And it's actually one of the more flattering views of Auckland, it this is. view, so uh, particularly with um, Albert Park and the trees in the foreground.
1: So from there, we headed down the hill to see Peddlethorpe's Lumley Centre on Shortland Street. And while we were doing that, I took the opportunity to ask some of the team from Architectus about what their favourite tall buildings were. To answer the last question so confidently, what is the best tall building in Auckland? The best?
4: Well, for me would be the Fay White building oh yes yeah by Peddlethorpe. yeah yeah Pedlethorpe and the um, I just can't recall the um, Italian architect who um, designed it you know what um, what I really like about it is the, the verticality and the elegance it's um, a really narrow slim floor plate and um, uh, formally very well um, articulated and um the bold combination of the, the, the bronze um, mirror glass and, and um, the red uh, granite um, podium and the hanging hanging veranda glazing. Yeah,
1: beautiful building. Good choice. Good choice. On the spot again James, oh, what's your dear. favourite tall building in Auckland? Oh, now you've
5: <laughs> you come back to me. You can't dodge um, this one. I can't remember his name, which is a bit embarrassing. but. Um, the, the council architects building on uh, on Aotea Square. Oh, Teebaudonnas. Yeah, so Teebaudonnas, yes. Building. Yeah, that would have to be the best. Why do you like that? I think it's because of the level of articulation in the facade and, and, and also, you know, across the, you know, the base of the tower, the middle and the upper section are all clearly different and um, has a few of the modernist favourites, like the roof terrace and the, you know, the little room on the top of the building and, um, yeah, the visibility of the staircase has just got a bunch of things that we're all trying to do now that, um, that he did pretty successfully at the time.
3: We concluded the walk at the eventual icon of Auckland's silhouette, the Sky Tower, of course, designed by Gordon Muller in 1994. Uh, on the way up, Lauren revealed to me that um, it was actually her first trip to the top so, so we're at the Sky Tower and, and this is your first time, right? Yes. <laughs> what do you think? Such a nice view with all the lights when it got dark now as well. And yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive uh, way to see the city. Mm. How tall is it again? Do you know? Uh, let's have a look at our information seat, uh, sheet. It is... Uh, well, we're on we Mm, Three twenty-eight meters, and we are at the main observation level of one hundred and eighty-six meters. The grid's more irregular than. Mm -hmm. Oh, for Auckland City, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think they sort of laid the grid over the the topography, you know, the Auckland Basin, and of course, then uh, had a few difficulties. (laughs) Yeah to a
1: hill, what do you do? Can't yeah. the, <laughs> the grid. So Tash and I are there, we're on the international global walking tour around Auckland's tall buildings. Which brings me to ask you guys, what is your favourite Auckland tall building?
2: I'd hear yours. I'll
1: go last. <laughs>
3: huh? Well I will venture my uh, walk of mine. Um, I think that the SAP building, which most of you would know as the, the favourite twight building, cuts quite an elegant figure on the skyline. Yeah, it does. Not so successful perhaps at ground level, but it's um, it's a building that um, works in the round from a number of um, different vantage points. And if you think about what a tower is supposed to do, that pretty much ticks all the boxes.
0: This is the one that just won the Heritage, the Enduring Architecture Award at the most recent awards. Yes. Right, Peddlethorpe.
1: Yep. twenty five years old. It the has crunched. data yeah. It's dated really beautifully. It yeah. has
3: dated really beautifully, mm. and what I love is that you know you can be say at Westhaven and get that lovely view of it, particularly at dusk when you know the the sunlight is sort of bouncing off its um, facade, or from a number of other um, vantage points where it's you know cuts quite a slender, fine line. It's um, yeah, I think it's uh, it still reads very well on our skyline.
0: And bronze glasses, hard to do,
3: it at is. the best of times. Time. <laughs> hard to do well. Yeah.
0: The penthouse is pretty
2: good. I, I did some work on the top two floors. So the top two floors, as part of their resource consent, was an apartment, which Faye and Rich White used to use as is their it office. Is still an apartment? Uh, no, they don't lease it anymore, but they can't lease it because it's an apartment so they oh. can't use it as office space um. and the, there's the big timber inlay desks sitting down in the boardroom which apparently was helicoptered in uh, in the <laughs> <Wow>. 80s <yeah. laughs> Those were the Those days were. <laughs> and They can't get it out, they had to yeah. chop it up into bits to get the so 80s out yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the, the kitchen for the apartment is a big thumping commercial kitchen out the back with you know, stainless steel everything and big hoods and all the rest of it so that was the apartment kitchen So what about yours? Mine is the Union House building, what used to be, uh, was it the Union House? It is Union House, Union House building down in Britomart with the cross braces across the front. I always remember that, studying architecture was something which, once it was explained to me, I understood how it worked and kind of had appreciation for the structure supporting it.
1: This is the white Warren Amani building from the mid eighties, probably. Yeah,
2: yeah, yep. yeah. Certainly was white. I don't think oh, the cross brace is still white now. Mm. Yes, They've they been are. Refurbished yeah.
0: recently. Yeah, it certainly was tall once too. Yeah, probably.
2: When <laughs> <laughs> um, it opened, um, I always remember Peter Bevan also saying, um, giving us a lecture and telling us you could strip all that stuff off and it would still stand up just fine. <laughs> <laughs> be Smiles Warren didn't get on, so um, yeah, he saw it as all um, superfluous. But yeah, that would be my. Um, favourite, tallish building.
1: I can't do Auckland because I'm still stuck on Sydney because I've just been there, but I um, was thinking a lot about Harry Seidler when I was there and the influence he's had on the Australian skyline mm-hmm. and some friends of mine there who've worked inside the buildings say they could do with more daylight inside and things like that, in the office towers, but um, the building that's at Australia Square, which is actually a circular the building, round building, which yeah. is round is so elegant, and it's got that beautiful um, Solowit mural in the foyer and um, yeah, it's just a its a beautiful piece of civic architecture. It feels very generous with the plaza around it, this very simple shape, which has um, just enough variation in the facade to not ever get boring. Um, there's other sidler buildings around there too, all of which are terrific, I think, yeah. but that is a real standout.
2: Since you're cheating using international examples, it's reminded me of the... In Chicago, there's two, two circular towers with the car parks and the
0: lower floors. Have you yep. seen that? And all sort of, yeah. Louis, no... I can't remember who designed those. But but that, that building on Australia Square is so killer. Yeah. you know, mm. And it's got that di- this sort of um, diagrid ceiling of that ground lobby which focuses everything into
1: that central mural. Mm. Um, oh, it's amazing. It's which amazing. apparently originally was a Corbusier tapestry that faded quite badly and so Solowit did that mural in 2003, so it's quite new actually. Yeah. One of Solowitz's last works. Good story. Mm. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, my um, favourite tall structure, um, at the moment at least, is the big kind of gantry down at Wynyard Quarter where you can climb on up and Mm -hmm. wander up the stairs Mm -hmm. and take the lifts up and get a fantastic view. Because I know it's not a building and I know I've kind of broken the rules, which I relish. But it's seeing it it's down the shorter yeah. than the building yeah. I said was tall. it's, but not, yeah, that tall. it's not, not about it. height, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I didn't pick my tallest lying down building, <laughs> which I was tempted to do. But, you know, as a pure expression of simply getting some height so Mm. you can get a view and leveraging it against, like, Silo Park and everything that's kind of happened down here at Wynyard in the last 10 years, I think it's a fantastic... It's a folly. It's nothing more than a kind of folly, and I think it's really marvellous. I kind of love being up there. And rather than... um, also thinking of the tall building as this thing you look at on the skyline what i like about the gantry down here is it's all about an experience exactly and it's open to everyone and everyone quests to kind of climb up to the top yeah. of it and have an experience of height so it's i really kind of love that
3: that's its sole purpose really it's to get all out. it
0: does
2: yeah, yeah that's
1: right
0: yeah yeah i'm glad they kept the silos as well
1: yeah, yeah i think about it quite good to sit down there. yeah that's right mm. so that's us that's tall buildings for another episode of 76 small rooms tall buildings short episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bearing with us thanks for joining us for this episode and um we promise our next episode out soon so from all of us thanks very much and bye bye bye, bye. see ya